Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. Let's move forward now to the book of James. Of course, uh, James was the half-brother of Jesus Christ. And the name James is unique to the English translations of the Bible. His real name was Jacob. I hope that's not shocking to you. But uh, James was not a Jewish name. Jacob was his Jewish name. And so James, or Jacob, the half-brother of Christ and the half-brother of Jude, or Judah, was a, a man who was the leader of the church in Jerusalem. He was the leader in the Acts 15 Apostolic Council that decided about the requirements for Gentiles coming into the church. His father was Joseph. His mother was Mary. And uh, his brothers were Joseph, Simon, uh, Judas, or Jude. And uh, his half-brother was Jesus. He's mentioned 11 different times in the Scriptures. And apparently, he did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah for some period of time. We know from 1 Corinthians that Jesus appeared to him privately after the resurrection. We also know that by the time Acts was being written, he had moved into a position of leadership in the early church. So we don't know from the the account in the Gospels where he thought Jesus was out of his mind to having this encounter with him in, in the early days of the resurrection. We don't know at what point the awareness came to this man that his brother was, in fact, the Son of God and the Messiah. Of course, he was mothered by Mary, but Joseph was not his father. So Joseph was indeed the father of James slash Jacob, but he was not the father of Jesus. God was the father of Jesus. And so this book was the first book that was approved unanimously for the canon of the New Testament. It's never been disputed in terms of its uh, veracity and its uh, inspiration by the Holy Spirit. The Jewish historian Josephus mentions the death of James uh, in his book, The Antiquities. And so his, uh, his death account was at 62 A.D., and um, he died a martyr's death. This is a, um, a very important book. Interestingly, uh, Martin Luther objected to uh, the book of James slash Jacob being included in the New Testament because Martin Luther had gotten such a revelation about salvation by faith, he had a problem with James talking about if you're saved, that you will do certain things, that there were works involved with our salvation experience as well. So if you have time sometime, you may look up uh, Martin Luther's objections to the book of James. But I want to emphasize that the, the early church and those who established the canon of Scripture were very clear in their selection of James as the first book that was approved for the canon of the New Testament. And so let's read today from James chapter 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking in anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. 
But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all that they do. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position. But the rich should take pride in their humiliation, since they will pass away like a wildflower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant, its blossoms fall, and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away, even while they go about their business. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, so that we might be a kind of firstfruits of all that he created. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. You may have gathered that I really love the Bible, and I do. I find um, great pleasure in reading the Bible and studying the Bible. But there are certain things in the Bible I don't like. <laughs> um, it's not that I don't agree that they should be in there. I just don't like the implications of them being there. And um, uh, one of them is contained in this chapter. It says that our faith grows stronger with testing and perseverance. This is, uh, I'll read the actual words, but I don't like the idea that we have to be tested to grow stronger. I don't like the idea that perseverance is part of our walk with Christ. I don't like the idea that the book of Revelation speaks of benefits for those who overcome adversity. As one of my uh, great friends told me many years ago, one of my mentors, a man named Wade Taylor, told me, the only problem with being an overcomer is you've got to have difficulty to overcome. 
So I don't like the fact that we have trials and testing, but um, the Bible says that we do, and through them we grow stronger in our relationship with God. Reading from verse 2, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So I don't know about you, but it's not often fun when you face trials. And uh, this idea of considering it pure joy, that is an exercise of faith for sure. Because when you're in the midst of a very difficult situation, you're certainly not um, lighthearted and reveling and happy and so forth. But the truth is that there should be an awareness that going through difficult things makes us closer to the Lord. You see, my friends, whenever difficulty arrives in the, uh, the life of believers, and difficulty will arrive in your life if it hasn't yet, when difficulty comes, you're faced with uh, really only two options. You can't stay the same. You can either draw near to the Lord or you can pull away from the Lord. And those who go on to maturity in Christ are those that when trouble comes, they draw near to the Lord. Jesus is always the solution. He's never the problem. So no matter what comes your way, the correct move is always to pull closer to the Lord, not to pull away from the Lord. Those who pull away from the Lord um, don't go on to maturity. Um, Those who go on to maturity, those who finish their race well, are those who draw near to the Lord during times of testing and, and trials and difficulties. This chapter goes on to say, if you need um, wisdom, that you should ask God. Verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault. In other words, if you don't know something, ask the Lord. He's not going to fuss at you because you don't know something. I'm talking about spiritual things. Um, that This wisdom that you're seeking from God, he won't reject you. He'll give you what you ask for. If... You believe, it says, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind, and uh, that person shouldn't expect to receive anything. So when you when you pray asking for something, you need to first understand it's God's desire to give it to you before you even ask. But when you do ask, you need to ask in faith, believing that, uh, that the Lord will grant your petition and give you the wisdom that you need. Verse 7 and 8 go together. This person shouldn't expect to receive anything, the person who doesn't ask in faith. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all that they do, verse 8 says. And so to ask from God, not really believing he's going to give you anything, is a double-mindedness, and it's unstable, according to the Scriptures. And uh, true faith is stable, and it perseveres, and it's consistent, and it believes God. And our lives are are sometimes not exactly lining up with what we read in the Scriptures. The problem is not the Scriptures. We need to continue to believe for our lives to line up with what's written. So true faith must be tested. Um, We learn this from this chapter in multiple ways. Verse 12 says, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. And so once again, I tell you there are things in this chapter I don't like, but we have to have to go with what's written, not what we like. 
The will of God is that we would be tested. The will of God is that we would overcome difficulty. The will of God is that we would respond to Him by drawing near when we have trouble, and that we would ask Him when we need help. So, God, I just pray for myself and my brothers and sisters. I pray, Lord, that we would have the wisdom to seek you when trouble comes. Lord, that we would be aware that Jesus is always the answer and never the problem. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.